Hi everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Cold Girls. This week's case comes from a suggestion from our listener, Michelle. If you are a listener of the podcast and you want to submit a case, you can email the show at coldgirlspodcast at gmail.com. Also, I just want to let everyone know that if you are enjoying the show, you can rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes. The ratings help our show become more accessible to others. With that out of the way, let's get into this week's case, the disappearance of Shanice Rose Harris. When we think of New York, we think of the big city and bustling streets. But there are parts of New York that are quieter and a little more calmer. One of which is Rock Hill, New York, where Shanice lived. On their community website, Rock Hill is described as a small but busy hamlet at the foothills of the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York's Sullivan County. It's described as a popular vacation spot and the images online convey an ideal small town. In 2010, the population was recorded as 1,742. In 2017, this had dropped to 1,310 residents and one of those residents was about to disappear. On May 29th, 2017, between 8.20 and 8.40 p.m., Shanice Rose Harris was last seen in Rock Hill at a friend's house. She made a phone call to her girlfriend via FaceTime just before midnight. Her mother at the time was on her way to Florida and reported that she got worried when she hadn't heard from Shanice checking in the next day something that was uncharacteristic of her. At 8 a.m. on May 31st, Shanice's dark gray four-door Volkswagen Jetta was found abandoned along Southwoods Drive in Thompson, New York. Shanice was 31 at the time of her disappearance, five foot eight, and wearing a black and gray hooded sweatshirt, black sweatpants, and Nike Air Max sneakers. Shanice is also biracial. She's African-American and Hispanic, with dark hair and eyes and tattoos. At the time of her disappearance, she had her hair in braids with rosary beads. Shanice is labeled endangered missing. It was reported by a friend that Shanice left a friend's house with some people that this friend did not know the night of May 29th. Shanice's mother believes that foul play was involved because Shanice would not have chosen not to come home. And this is where the trail of online reports ends. Even on Facebook, all that exists is some pleas from Shanice's friends and family asking her to come home or for whoever did this to come forward. She's in the NAMIS database and also the Charlie Project and Doe Network. But all of the websites say exactly what I just told you. The only news article that exists is from the Hudson Valley Post. I even checked forums like Reddit and WebSleuth. No Reddit forums exist. And there is one web sleuth thread that has links to all of the aforementioned databases. Shanice's case makes me think of so many of the other missing person cases that are out there that have one or two sentences of information. And it makes me think about the cases that we report and talk about. 
I'll admit that I'm guilty of picking cases where there's enough information to fill an episode. But I also want to bring attention to these lesser known cases, which is also why some of my episodes, like this one, are shorter. But how are we supposed to bring awareness to these missing person cases or even start a discussion if we keep repeating the same cases over and over again, which are the ones that only have large media coverage? This is why I picked Janice's case this week to bring attention to, but also because it parallels many of the other cases I have covered. With the little information I have, I want to delve into some possible theories. Foul play is the most popular theory, and possibly the most likely. But my question is why? Was it an accident or was it targeted? In order to answer this, we would have to know more about Shanice's life, who she hung out with, and what this group was like. Were they into drugs or was she? Was she targeted by people in her town because of her sexuality? Or was the foul play an accident? Did something happen and her friends get scared? I want to touch on something I found weird while looking at the case. Shanice left with an unknown individual, or individuals, but her car was found abandoned. So did she go back home and go out and meet someone? Or did someone steal the car? Or did her and this group of people leave in her car and then abandon it? I want to break the timelines down once more. Shanice was last reported being seen around town between 8.20 and 8.40 p.m. Then a friend says Shanice left with some unknown individuals on the 29th. She made a phone call to her girlfriend at midnight on May 30th. And then the next day, the 31st of May, was when she was reported missing. If Shanice went home the night of May 29th and left again shortly, then she may have disappeared in the early hours of May 30th. I would also be interested to know when her mother arrived in Florida. If it was May 30th and she didn't hear from Shanice, then perhaps Shanice had gone missing between midnight and the early morning of the 30th, but wasn't reported until the 31st. If she arrived in Florida on the 31st, then Shanice could have possibly gone missing any time during the day on the 30th and the early morning hours of the 31st. I'm also interested to know more about the FaceTime call that she made at midnight. Was this a pocket dial? Was it an intentional call? Was it a cry for help? By all accounts, Shanice seemed very accountable, and so the missing phone call to check in to her mother seems heartbreaking. But the FaceTime call adds more layers of complexity to this case. If the FaceTime call was a pocket dial, then perhaps Shanice had gone missing earlier than midnight. We also don't know exactly when her friend saw her leaving with this unknown group of individuals. Was it between 8.20 and 8.40 p.m. or later? I want to go back to Phoenix Colden's case, which I covered on the last episode. Unlike Phoenix's case, which I'll draw a parallel between, it is not reported if Shanice's car, which was also found abandoned, had DNA testing performed on it. 
And there's also no suspects in this case. I find the trend of abandoned cars interesting, especially since it has popped up in so many cases that I have been covering recently. The disappearance of Maura Murray, Brianna Maitland, Phoenix Colden, and now Shanice Rose Harris. The abandoned car to me seems telling that all these women, including Shanice, were going somewhere. And it is on that journey where something sinister happened. I would like to believe that Shanice's case is being actively investigated and that there are suspects the police are looking at and that it just has not been published online yet. From the little information available, I believe that Shanice left with the unknown friends, returned home, and then later left again to meet someone, possibly. As I mentioned earlier, we also don't know the exact time Shanice was last seen. It states 8.20 to 8.40 online, but there is also the account of her in the FaceTime call at midnight. Did she make this call at home alone or in the company of other people? With this, I'd like to believe that her last accounted for times were between 8.20 p.m. on May 29th and midnight of May 30th. As I say time and time again, we need to bring more attention to more missing person cases. There is a staggering number of young women who are missing across North America, but only few make the headlines. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and we'll be back soon.